The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. Welcome to episode 300 of the new Zig Ziglar show. Today's title is how to change your attitude. We're going to have a quick word from Ziglar CEO and proud son, Tom Ziglar, who's live right here with me on the live streaming video. Then we'll have a nine minute clip from Zig on attitude. This is a classic, classic message. Now we're going to follow this with 10 to 15 minutes of discussion on how to change your attitude, including changing your paradigm, but also getting rid of the negative influences of people and media and self-talk and those things that we feed into ourselves. We can't hardly get away from it in today's culture uh, every day. And then we'll give you a one minute shameless promotion on how you can take action with us, specifically with Tom. Uh, walking with him personally, and walking out your New Year's resolutions and goals. But first, Tom, give us some Ziegler news from Plano, Texas. Oh, my gosh. I, t- I tell you what, Kevin, we are having the most incredible year, fantastic year. 2014 has ended up at a high note. Uh, Christmas is you know, always a special time to spend with the family and teammates and everything else, and it's just been incredible this year. It's uh a blessing to be able to do what we're doing, to reach out and, and, and get messages from so many people. I mean, we just get covered up with cards from people whose lives have been impacted through the years, through the messages that we send out. So I tell you, things are hopping. We're getting ready for next year. We've got a lot of things on the schedule. And I'm excited that this is the 300th podcast that we've done. I mean, that is incredible. We've got a new format. Every week we tweak it just a little bit more. We're going to be having guests coming on in the future, so I'm excited about that. I tell you, it's it's just a privilege to be here. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, on that note, great segue there. I was going to, again, just ask folks, if you are getting benefit from this Ziggler show, specifically, though, of course, just from Ziggler all, uh, overall, ask you to write a review in iTunes for us. That helps our rankings and helps us show up to other people who may be looking for hope and inspiration and encouragement in the podcast arena. I'll tell you, it's interesting, Tom. I have had uh, had, uh, had somebody recently leave a review that uh, was not just the hunky-dory review that you would like. They said, you know, it's not just Zig. Uh, it's, you know, there's commentary about it, which is interesting because that's what used to be on the podcast, just the clips from Zig, which are still there today. And my thought was, you know, if that's all you want to hear, you are welcome to listen to that clip and then, uh, and then turn it off. However, it's also interesting that since we have started doing this commentary, that was our intent was to have the classic messages from Zig and then come on and talk about it and how that relates to life in today's day and age. It's always changing and evolving. Since that, we have on average about 50,000 more downloads per month happening right now. And I did want to read, this is the latest one. This is December 22nd. Uh, a Howell uh, wrote, gave us a five-star review and said, the heart of a leader. What an incredible example of a leader who cared so much about the heart of his listeners. Zig Ziglar's podcasts have helped me in my spiritual life, fitness goals, and business aspirations. He truly leads from the heart and makes you laugh in the process. Thank you to all who helped make the Ziglar show possible. Well, of course, we're honored. And for those of you going to iTunes, look at the reviews, hit the most recent one. That's the one that you'll see there. So I appreciate that. And again, ask if you're getting value 
from this, please let people know on there because uh, everybody wants credibility from others that this is something that they will get benefit from. Okay. Well, Hey, on that note then, Tom, let's listen to about nine minutes of a clip and a story that you not only know well, you were actually a part of the story that Zig is sharing here, and then we will talk about it. All right, here we go. And I think every speaker alive always dreams of an opening that would just absolutely reach out and grab every member of the audience. Well, I've got this one story that would just knock your hair out. But I noticed several of you fellows have already heard it. (laughs) The scene is Phoenix, Arizona. My son and I had been playing in a golf tournament out there. During the tournament, the weather was absolutely magnificent. But the day we were headed back to Dallas, it was raining and hail was falling. It was a mess. By the time we got to the airport, we got soaking wet trying to get into the airport itself. We went down, there were about 3,212 people in the airport, got down to the line, and 476 of them about were waiting in line. We obviously didn't get to the front of the line. The gate agent, uh, when we first got there, was a fair-skinned, blue-eyed blonde. But everybody that came along were dumping on him. I mean, they blamed him for the weather, they blamed him for the computer foul-up, they blamed him for the world economy, they blamed him for everything. By the time we got to him, he looked like the cruise director for the Titanic. I mean, uh, somebody had licked all the red off of his candy. Uh, you know, he, he, he was in bad shape. As a matter of fact, by the time we got to him, uh, the red in his neck had moved all the way up, and he was a flaming redhead. Well, as is my custom, when I greeted him, it was with a lot of enthusiasm. I said, well, how you doing? He said, compared to who? I said, compared to that person who doesn't have a job of any kind, who doesn't have nice warm clothes to wear, who has no future that he can call his own, who lives in a land where there is no freedom of speech or travel, who does not know from one day to the next what is going to happen to him. I said, how you doing? You've never seen such a radical change in a human being. He smiled broadly and he said, I'm doing wonderfully well and thank you so much for reminding me. A lot of times we need to be reminded, don't we? The young man got so excited, he got so carried away, he was so appreciative of the fact that I'd called something to his attention that he moved my son and me up to first class. (laughs) Now, as we walked in... I could not help but notice that he was greeting the other people in an entirely different way. More pleasantly, more courteously. Now, the weather was still bad. The computer was still fouled up. The economy had not changed. The only thing that had changed was his attitude. And his attitude changed because the input in his mind had changed. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you think with the new attitude, he's got a reasonably good chance of keeping his job? Can I see your hands, please? How many of you believe he might even get a promotion if he keeps the attitude that I left him with? Can I see your hand? How many of you believe that if he's married with children, when he got home, he was a better husband and a better father? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, let me ask you some questions. How much did I teach him about being better on his job? How much did I teach him about being a better husband, a better father? a better man. Absolutely nothing. 
And yet all of it radically changed simply because the attitude had changed because the input in his mind had changed. You'll hear me say this a lot. You're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Now the next question is, let me ask you, how many of you believe that here it is several years later, that he still remembers that day about that fellow that came along and said those nice things to him and his attitude was so much better. How many of you believe he still remembers all of that and as a result, his attitude is permanently good? <laughs> Not going to happen, is it? Because since then, there have been probably some negatives that happen. Now, he doesn't have a chance to listen to me give him a little pep talk every day. But the neat thing about strategies for success, you have that opportunity. Because in Automobile University, you can listen every day. And the interesting thing is, as you listen every day, you're going to discover that it becomes new and new and new again. You want to let your family listen along with you. Because as a family listens, almost regardless of age, I see adults almost every day of my life who said, you know, when I was a little guy, five years old, my mom and dad started throwing those tapes in there and I started listening to them. And, and I got to tell you, I, at first I didn't like them. But over a period of time, they started to have an effect on me. Automobile University is a wonderful institution. And when you have the family listen together, you get on the same page. You adopt the same values. You communicate more easily and readily. You have things in common that will make a difference and a big difference. The giant Belgian horse on its own can pull 8,000 pounds. Hook him up with another giant Belgian horse. The team will pull 17,000 pounds. Send him off to school. Teach him to pull in harmony and the team will pull 20. 5,000 pounds. There's something about being on the same page that makes such a dramatic difference in a person's life. As we look at how do you develop and maintain a winning attitude, I want to ask you just how important is attitude anyhow? Well, let me tell you what Alan Cox, he's the author of the Confessions of a Corporate Headhunter, has to say about attitude. He said, attitude determines strength and direction. He asked 1,173 executives in major corporations about positive thinking. 49% of these executives said it affected their own success very strongly. An additional 46.5% said it was a significant factor, and 4.5% were neutral about it. There wasn't a one who said uh, there was damage done by having the right attitude. Your attitude is enormously important, particularly in the first part of the day. Here's what the psychologists say. They say that your first significant encounter at the beginning of the day has more bearing on your attitude for the rest of the day than does the next four contacts that you're going to have. Now understand, you have complete control of the first part of your day. You can isolate yourself somewhere and read or listen, or you can get in your automobile and you can listen on the way to your work, to your job, or whatever it is that you're doing. And sometimes it only takes a few minutes for it to make a difference. 
I had less than 30 seconds in front of that gate agent, and yet there was an attitude change there. Just in those few seconds, it did make a difference. Calvin Robert says this about your attitude, and it's validated by Harvard and Stanford University. They say that 85% of the reason a person gets a job and gets ahead in that job is because of their attitude. It's enormously important, and we need to understand that. The good news is, according to William James, he simply says that we can change our lives, and this is the most important discovery of our, of our time. We can change our lives by changing our attitude. On with what Mr. Cox said. He said, no one with whom leaders deal is given such short shrift as negative thinkers. Don't you like to be around them? These people, you know, who, uh, uh, you know, they look like they've been weaned on a pickle. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know pe- people that just, you know, they could brighten up a room by leaving it. I mean, you know the kind of, of people I'm talking about. Those who are so skeptical, they demand a bacteria count on the milk of human kindness. You know who I'm talking about it. So cynical, they believe somebody pushed Humpty Dumpty. You've uh, seen it. So narrow-minded, they can look through a keyhole with both eyes at the same time. Have you ever seen anybody like that? Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's so uh, resounding, of course, and, uh, of course, funny as well. Hey, I want to talk about some real-world aspects of that message, but as I was listening to it and he was talking about kids, it brought to mind some of the examples of this in my own youth. And I wanted to ask you, okay, as the son of Zig Ziglar, how I'm sure that there were some times, uh, probably for better and, and worse, at least in the moment, when this came to play in your life as a kid, growing up with a dad who taught this, and yet here you are at home. Tell us about it. Absolutely. And what I would say is this, is dad always had a plan. And when I hear this, when I hear this short clip, I think of the fact that we each individually have to create our own plan for what we're going to do, how we're going to respond to situations. So the story of a kid, I remember this. This was back when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, especially that 13-year-old range. And boy, did I love to sleep in. And then Sunday morning would come, and the knock on my door would happen. He'd come into my bedroom probably at 7.30 in the morning. He'd say, John Thomas, it's time to go to church. And, of course, I'd look up from there, you know, sound asleep, as every good teenager knows how to do. And I'd say, Dad, do we have to go to church? Or, Dad, do I have to go to church? He looked at me with a big grin and he said, No, I don't have to go to church. You can't go to church. And I knew right then there was no way in our that was lost as far as staying in that soft, warm bed because Dad had planned. We had a plan before he came into my room to know that as a teenager, I might likely push back on what he had to say. So he already had the responses there. So that was an early morning attitude adjustment because he had a plan. Uh, yeah. Well, I have a very similar thing. Hey, I just texted you, Tom, for those of you. Oh, yep. All right. Am I back? 
Okay. Sorry about that. I just texted you, Tom. Um, it might want to just, if you would, while I'm talking here, check the bandwidth on your side. I've got a strong connection here and it's, uh, we had the beginning of your talk right there garbled though. It came in at the end. So we'll keep checking on that. But yeah, man, I had, I think I remember age six, we were living in Southern California and this literally played out in my life where I would get an attitude adjustment and it would be, I'd listen to, my dad would have me listen to a Ziegler clip, a true life story. And it was significant. And I saw that played out in my dad's own life later in time as I was a mid to late teen when he had some business difficulties, about lost everything and had every reason to go really downhill from there. And he would get into the car, put in an old cassette tape uh, of, well, maybe not old at that point, but put in a cassette tape of Zig and listen to that as he drove on trying to keep his spirits up. And I saw the reality. I saw the truth of changing that paradigm come out. So a couple of things I wanted to ask about on this, Tom, it's one thing to look at a bad situation or bad circumstances or just harsh realities and to look at it, count your blessings, of course, and look just as we, as Zig talked about with the guy at the airport and to change your paradigm. And that's incredibly powerful. We know that, but I wanted to spend a little time as well on looking at those negative influences. It's funny as he talks about that, but we know that in the culture today, especially that has changed and is ever evolving where we cannot get away from media, from the ads that come through all of our, all of our mobile devices to the TV that we watch or the radio that we watch or, or the billboards or the magazines at the checkout counter and anymore, it's the talking screens anywhere we go into. I mean, you cannot get away from that and looking at, you know, what are, are some ways, some real tangible ways of getting that out of our lives? Because I feel like if you're going to do that, it's going to be pretty severe. Uh, you know, for one, we, I don't have, I've got seven kids and we don't have TV. Now we have a screen that we can, you know, broad, we can do Netflix or, or, or whatever, play a movie, but we do not have regular TV in our home. That's extreme to a lot of people that not that that's the answer, but give me some thoughts. Cause I know you guys walk this out every day with people on how to actually do this in your life. It's not easy. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll use a zig quote. We want to prepare for the worst plan for the best and capitalize on what comes. And so what dad did is this, he, he always first as he planned how he was going to put the good stuff in his mind, where there was reading the right material, listening to the right audio, talking to the right kinds of people. And so he had the framework in his own head about how he was going to address the day, how, how he was going to take control of it. He wasn't going to be a victim of circumstance. He was going to make things happen. The second plan that he had, and the airplane story that we heard is perfect, is if you travel a lot, you know there's going to be travel delays and mechanical problems and all kinds of issues. So dad went to the airport knowing that there was a good chance that something could go wrong. So he already had planned out his response to that. So it wasn't a surprise to him when he walked in and there was a delay. What does that mean? Well, in the big picture, looking back on it, almost nothing because you're going to get home eventually. You're going to handle what comes along. You can't, you can't take control of things that you don't have control over. So why not have a great attitude? The third thing he planned for was his human reaction with other people. Okay, now I'm at the airport. There's somebody there who's being dumped on. How can I make that person's day brighter? 
what's the benefit to them? What's the benefit to me? So today when we're in this social media world, getting all these negative inputs from all directions, we need to plan our day. We might want to take the first part of the day to make sure we get the good stuff in. And then we might want to subtract at the end of the day. Maybe we don't want to spend the last hour watching the news or surfing the internet because quite frankly, most of the information there is negative. Yeah. So we, we put the good stuff in at the beginning of the day. We take the bad stuff out at the end of the day. So we have a plan of how we develop ourselves. Number two, is whatever situation we're going into, a meeting, we're going out to eat with friends, we're going to talk to somebody who's going to seat us at a table or service our food, what kind of interaction can we have with them that takes control of the mood? And that is powerful. When you can breathe life into somebody, it changes the atmosphere, and that's what we want to talk about doing. That's how we can, can instead of being a victim of the circumstances beyond our control, we can actually control the environment that we're in. Well, it's it, it's interesting to me, Tom, as I got to be, for those who don't know my dad, uh, Dan Miller, well-known speaker, presenter, and author, 48 Days of the Work You Love, and growing up with him and, and in these environments with people like Zig Ziglar and other speakers and presenters, we have this perspective that they are superhuman. Uh, that they're super brilliant, super genius, and not to take away from the incredible qualities that they have. But so often the thing that stuck out to me is what I saw is that they just did the things that other people did not, such as that constant infusion of inspiration. And it almost seemed like they, they, uh, they fervently grasped for it. And I, I know from stories from Zig that that was true for him Um, I don't know if there's anything that you can add testimony to that because I see with myself, if I just go along without that grasping, that infusion for inspiration, I, it's hard not to succumb to the realities of a, of a fairly harsh world. I mean, I, you know, we were joking this morning in the Ziegler team meetings, I sit up here in the mountains and the snow that really hard to be depressed in a circumstance, you know, like this, but that's not by happenstance. Sometimes I, I wonder, maybe I'm weaker than the average person. I need so much inspiration to get the best out of myself. So on that, on that scenario, I mean, again, we all know that, that Zig was incredible at uh, motivating himself, but were there just those, just those base human things where you saw you saw your dad, you know, he wasn't supernatural, but he, he just walked this stuff out day to day. I tell you, that's that's probably the greatest thing that I ever learned from dad was just his absolute consistency. Hmm. Once he determined in his mind, this is the proper course of action to take, he disciplined himself to take that course of action every time. So many of us, it's New Year's, right? So we're all getting our plans for next year. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to eat better. We're going to spend more time with those we love. And those are our New Year's resolutions. And then 30 days later, we've forgotten them. So the question is, is why do some people stick and why do some people uh, not stick? They give up so quickly. And it has to do with this simple concept. Uh, Dad called it his block in a mailbox principle. It's how he lost weight. You know, he would exercise. He would run a block. Then the next day, a block in a mailbox. The next day, a block in two mailboxes. In other words, he built those muscles up. You can build the attitude muscle the same way. It's going to be tough for somebody to sit down for two hours on the very first day and just get an attitude pump. I mean, who has two hours? But you know what? Why not sit down and get five minutes? And then the next day, get five and a half minutes. And the next day, get six minutes. Add a section at the end of the day on the, you know, in the second week. 
just add it up a little bit. Start planning like dad did. Plan in advance how you're going to interact with people. Did dad have times of frustration and downtimes? Absolutely. But for him, they were so short because they were interrupted by his planned times of lifting himself up. Nobody's an island. Nobody can survive in this negative world without positive input. It's just too hard. So if you know it's hard, why not plan in advance when you're going to put the fuel in the tank? And really, that's what he's selling in this clip. That's what he's teaching people to do is to put the fuel in the tank so that when the road gets rocky, you don't have to get out of the car and push. You just keep going until the road gets, road gets beautiful again. Man, it's, that's, you know, one of my best friends uh, is a doctor. And he said, you know what people ask me often, a uh, question is, what's the best exercise? And he says, my answer is generally, whichever one you'll keep doing. Uh, so back to consistency. So on this, on this aspect of inspiring yourself, of getting that positive focus, I tend to feel the same way. What is it to figure out? What is it for you? I know that for myself, I often will go to music, just the, the right tune, something to lift my spirits up of you getting outside, uh, going for a run. Sometimes in the evening, I'll feel like, I, you know, I want a movie that just moves me in a direction. I feel like I need to be moved, not some, something, some junk, but something redemptive. But to find, again, what it is for you, because I hear a lot of people say, you know, once they find something that works for them, oh, you got to do this. You got to listen to this two hours a day. You got to do this in the morning. You got to do whatever. Try it and be honest with what actually moves you. Now, on this aspect, though, of, of discovering this and of realizing that as we go forward with things, our, the negative influence often derail us. We need input in our lives and we need somebody to walk alongside us. I want to go into our minute of shameless self-promotion, if I can, Tom, and talk about the Goal Summit 2015, which, folks, you can find that at Ziggler.com forward slash Goal Summit 2015, and you'll see an opportunity. There's some packages of products, but it's also combined with an event with some webcasts, a series of webcasts and walking forward in live sessions just like this, but where you can actually ask questions to Tom, because I feel like Tom, that's, that's a great opportunity right there for people to be real. They bought the products. They're listening to them. They're showing up for the live webcast. They can come on, they can hear you talk, but then they also have the opportunity to go, you know what? I'm really battling this. I hear you, but I'm stuck here. I, I think that's a great opportunity for them to have your counsel and what to do. Yes. Absolutely. You know, in the goal summit, we're going to be talking about attitude, relationships, goal setting, that's all on the personal side. On the professional side, we're going to be talking about presentation skills and uh, selling skills and so on. You can pick either or both. It's up to you. But here's the thing. When you get stuck, a lot of times you ask a why or a how question, right? And so how powerful is it to have email access or on a live webcast just to be able to send that message in and we answer it right there. Uh, I love these type of sessions. They're very interactive. They're a lot of fun to do. Why is that? Because they're responsive to what the audience, what the people participating want it to be about. So if you're trying to grow, if you want to go to the next level, this is the type of program that I think will benefit you. The packages themselves are worth more than the investment. 
The webcast added on top of that is just a huge, huge bonus, tons of value. So I hope to see you there on the webcast. It's, it's just a powerful thing, Kevin. Well, and Tom, I'll let you wrap up with a, uh, a New Year's statement. I'll let you chew on that for just a second here. As again, I let people know it's at Ziggler.com forward slash goal summit. 2015. 2015. That's where you can see uh, the packages where you can sign up. And again, as you said in so many words just a moment ago, Tom, this is uh, there's a lot of knowledge available and you're going to get some of the core knowledge in the products that are part of these packages that you can walk out, but applying that knowledge to our, our own lives, to our personal, individualized, unique circumstances is what's often difficult. That's the opportunity that you have in walking with Tom and the other participants in this Goal Summit 2015 event. Next year's show, just for those of you who are with us live, we've been doing these on Monday. I, I think this might be uh, about six of the new Revive show that we've done here. We're going to move to Thursday. So our next one will be Thursday, January 8th. I'll have a special guest from the Ziegler team with me. I'll let you know about beforehand. But Thursday, 1 p.m. Central Time, January 8th. Tom, you want to wrap us up with a, a New Year's word? Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes from Dan that applies to the New Year's and to the segment we just had is he said this. He said, logic will not change an emotion, but action will. And so here's the thing. You can't think yourself out of a bad attitude. In fact, you can't even think yourself into a great 2015. You have to take action. The action of filling yourself with the right information, the right uplifting things to do. And then you've got to take action on that. So if you're learning about a great attitude, you need to go share that great attitude. You hear it, go share it with somebody. When you share that with somebody, when you lift somebody else up, when you take action on your plans and your goals for 2015, that will actually change the emotions that you're feeling. Hmm. A lot of people are entering 2015. They're either nervous or scared or worried or concerned. And boy, I don't want this to happen. What happened in 2014? Well, you can think all you want about 2015, and the odds are pretty good. It's going to be just like 2014. But if you take action on those thoughts, you start putting the right information in, you start doing the things you know you need to do, then 2015 is in your control. It's up to you to go make it happen. So that's my word for you, that quote from Dad. Logic will not change an emotion, but action will. Beautiful. Hey, thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure to do this with you. Folks, we'll be back Thursday, January 8th, 1 p.m. Central Time for the live show. And uh, we'll give you forewarning on what that's about and try to get some feedback from you and have a discussion then. So everyone, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy New Year, Tom. Happy New Year's. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.